Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the True Grit Podcast, where we believe that personal growth and helping each other solve important problems is the best way to make the world a better place. I'm your host, Craig Couch, and every week it's my job to interview top performers and unlock the secrets of their success so that you and I can apply some of their thought patterns, daily rituals, and strategies to our own missions. And so this episode is with Eric Daniels, uh, and Eric's a really unique dude. Uh, he's prior military, uh, seven years active duty as an aircraft mechanic. Um, he's um, FAA certified, which I have, that just seems really hard to do. Uh, <laughs> he's also a race car builder, a biker, a runner, a real estate investor, and an all-around community builder. Um, he is a man that has reinvented himself before my very eyes. Um, I've become great friends with Eric in the past few years and have spent a week with him hiking almost a hundred miles on the Appalachian trail last summer. Um, he started his career in Fort Worth as an engineer at Lockheed Martin, uh, leading a team of other engineers. So imagine being an engineer, leading engineers, pretty dang cool. Uh, and there, they were tasked with designing the leading edge of the F-35, which is one of the most high-tech jets in the world. Uh, you see them flying over Fort Worth all the time. But then Eric found himself at a crossroads um, in his life, and he decided to set aside the, the scientific calculator uh, and join the crazy world of real estate, and that's how we cross paths. Um, and in just a few short years, um, this is the amazing part, he's figured out how to become an elite, like top one, 2% level realtor and still somehow remains a good dad and a good husband. Um, Eric has an incredible mind um, and I can't get, I can't wait to get into uh, what makes, what makes him tick. So without further yapping about how awesome you are, Eric, uh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. It's I'm actually pretty excited about this. Unscripted, <laughs> just flat out, just let's do this. Yeah, right. So Eric, do you remember do you remember the day we met? I do, actually. Um good friend of ours, uh, Jason Nimitz, had called me in uh to it was a it was a taps and caps, I believe. Yeah. And uh and I was good friends with Jason's prior to that. And we we had, you know, just periodically texted each other and and uh he inadvertently texted you at the same time knowing that he was uh creating a match made in heaven <laughs> without the romance you know, yeah. you, know uh, you came flying in on your with your board shorts and your 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 electronic skateboard yeah and, you know you could see the hearts coming from my head yeah <laughs> it's super weird uh, that's all. no i i got to meet you then and it was um I knew, you know, it's kind of interesting that you 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 introduced me like that because I listen to a lot of podcasts, especially Tom Billyu. So I'm glad that you're taking cues from really good leaders in the industry. And if you if you're not listening to podcasts right now or audiobooks or, or reading, there's some such good stuff out right now. Yeah. And anyways, uh, I've got a five year old in there that screams. <laughs> you know, let's just roll with that. Uh, but anyways. Uh, so it was really interesting to see you and how you resonate with some of those things that I was listening to. At the time. Yeah, man. Well, it was good. I, I, we hit it off immediately. It was really cool. Uh, so, you know, as just to kind of dive right into it, as you and I have uh, discussed 
discussed before, um, major change in, in our life typically happens when the pain of staying where you are outweighs the pain and risk of change. And so why don't you talk a little bit about the transition from being this engineer in charge of a bunch of engineers into the real estate world? Um, I think, I think it would be a disservice to kind of get into this without giving a little bit of personality background. I think a lot of people in our industry, oh, heck, everybody knows that engineers generally are not, um, I always like to say they're staring at their shoes. And now as a real estate agent, I'm staring at people. Um, you, you have to take into consideration, if you know me, I'm not generally a person with the personality type that fit into that mold. Um, and I'm not saying I'm better or worse than anyone else. It's more so that I have a personality that kind of bridges between extrovert and introvert pretty equally. Um, unfortunately for me, both are exhausting. <laughs> but the, the real thing that uh, so take that in consideration when you look at engineer and manager and all of those things. It was a very fulfilling career. I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. There were times that corporate America absolutely got my goat. But um, getting into real estate was one of those moments where I knew in the back of my head, and we'll talk about this, back of my head, I knew I was built for more than what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even things like real estate, where we have a low barrier for entry, and engineering is a high barrier for entry sometimes. Those are two different aspects. And, and believe it or not, this was harder than, than doing this over here, which was engineering. So wow. whenever I made that transition, when I made that decision, that's a big, long story. But um, when I made that decision, I came to a pretty rough crossroads at some point. And that's, I don't know, is that something you want to get into? Is that low point in my, in my real estate? Yeah, yeah. I think we'll, we'll get there here in a second. But um, so, I mean, there's such a colossal difference. I think it's interesting the way you described the fact that you know, being an engineer working for Lockheed Martin has a humongous barrier to entry and real estate, you know, is a two week class uh, to become an agent. But it it was perceived by you as much more difficult. Um, and so I guess my my next question is, you know, with those huge differences between the two vocations, what what surprised you most? I didn't know everything. <laughs> um, honestly, I mean, I, I got to be humble with this, man. You mm. can't you can't go into this thinking, you know, stuff. I was, you know, mid 30s whenever I got into all of this late 30s. Um, I'm 42 now, I think. And I'm just realizing that my emotional intelligence was virtually zero. Mm. I was thinking that I was on top of my game. I could follow a manual. I could, I, you know, I could I could do what the checklist said but I didn't know why I was doing it or, you know, six Sigma training put me through all of the root cause analysis of everything. You know what people don't care about <laughs> analysis. And that was super hard for me because data was so important. But what I've done is I spun it on its head. My value proposition is no one will outdo me in data. <laughs> True that. <laughs> No, nobody's going to beat you. You're, I bet your uh, your uh, comparative analysis is next level. <laughs> well, uh, I try to yeah. uh, not baffle them, but uh, sometimes. <laughs> well, so I'm I'm speaking of data and just um, kind of parlaying into to technology. Man, most industries 
have been disrupted quite a bit through these digital platforms. And real estate is one of the most obvious. Um, and back in the day, um, before you got into real estate, um, brokers made their money by gating the data. In other words, um, they protected the data. If you wanted to know uh, what houses were for sale in Fort Worth, for instance, you had to call a realtor. Uh, now you hop on your iPhone and your phone talks to outer space and then <laughs> detects where you are and then can tell you what houses are for sale within walking distance of where you're standing without a realtor. So I'm interested in what your philosophy is as you look at these giants um, in the market. Um, okay. This will be <laughs> controversial. And I know there's a lot of people that feel like you're feeding a beast and there's a negative mindset. I'm going to tell you right now, and my, this is my opinion. I don't think you're going to beat them. And I think that there's a, there's a value that they're bringing to the table. And that's really what it is. You look and see what that value is. What is it that's the, the least resistive path for the client that's sitting in bed during coronavirus, taking a look at houses? They want you to go virtually tour that for them. And you wouldn't have the opportunity to, on most cases, unless you had a landing page or some great marketing, to get in front of those people to do that stuff. And I know we're talking, we're talking about Zillow right now. We're talking about the people that are out there changing the game, and, and we're going to have to adapt to that. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be 100% of our market, but I will say that what, what pool that we had last year is already dwindled and it's about to do more because they're going to have the flex program move in and some other things. And I'm not saying I completely support it, but I mean, it's it's not going away. And, and unfortunately, we've supported it to the level of of uh, it's it's self-sustaining at this point. So how do I treat that? It doesn't affect me. I'm still going to get up and do my job and do it to the best of my ability. And the pool that I pull from is going to have a multifaceted way of looking at it. I'm not going all in with Zillow. I'm not going all in with door knocking. I'm not going out all in with anything. It's a, it's a diversified opportunity for me. And as long as I'm putting in the time that I need to in each one of those tasks, it's worked out really well. Um, so, and then to, to answer your question about philosophy, it's open and like everything's transparent for me. Um, I know there's a couple of people on the, on this, uh, on this video right now, um, out of the 30 participants that are in here right now, how many of you talk to me about my business and I've ever held anything back? Everything is available. This is not an, a place of scarcity here. This is an opportunity for everybody. There's so many houses, Craig, so many people that need your assistance in getting through these transactions and you can make them more money on the backside. How do you do that? Yourself that, that question. Yeah, well, it's that's really interesting. So you're you're not digging in your heels. You're you're just you're adapting. You're almost you're almost doing a judo move with the with the entire uh, Zillow platform, which is pretty interesting approach. Um, because a, a lot of the of what I hear is um, is resistance towards that. So that's a pretty interesting thing. So. You know, I, I view you um, in the short amount of time I've known you for a few years. You know, you're you're a really driven person. Um, and I personally think it's amazing that you you ran three hundred and sixty five five K's in a row. Uh, 
and I've got to know why did you decide to do that? And, and also tell me what were some of the unexpected outcomes of doing something like that? All right. So why I did it. Um, so a year, year and a half ago, I went to the doctor and he had sort of given me some indicators that my sugar levels were going a little higher each and every time we got blood work done. And I was doing it every three to six months just to make sure it wasn't getting into pre-diabetic territory. And they weren't slowing down. And he says, Eric, you're not tremendously overweight, but you're enough to where I can say that you're, you're approaching that, that category. And at 5'9", you know, 230 pounds is a lot of weight. So, and, and I'm, and I'm bulky as it is, but it's not, it's not justified to be that, that heavy. And I was not taking care of myself. So in the back of my, my brain for like six months that sat there. And in the time period, for those that don't know, I, I have a professional coach in real estate. If you don't have a coach in real estate, find one. Absolutely. Um, that's a game changer for me. So I sat down with my coach in San Diego when, uh, during a, a symposium they were doing. And he goes, you know what? You've been killing it in business. You've done so great. You're doing exactly what you said you were going to do. Congratulations. But you haven't succeeded. And I'm like, screw you. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, he goes, you know, you're taking care of everybody else, but you're not taking care of yourself. What do you want to do this year to sort of focus, balance out that wheel, right? We, we do that wheel once a year where we figure out where you know, we could prove on for the year. Um, and you've actually taught that course. I've taken it a couple of times. Um, but really I sat down and saw my exercise was, was, you know, pretty far in on that scale. It was, it was, that wheel was not rotating smoothly at all. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit to me to post online every day that you run and you're going to run for the next 100 days. And you're going to tell everybody about it. And I, the unexpected was, I got emotional. I could feel the knot in my throat come up. I could feel the tear come on because I didn't think I could do it. And being the driven person that I am, and I will admit that I was not going to let that defeat me. If I was going to fail, I was at least going to fail at it. I wasn't going to fail at the get go of, of not trying it. And I'll be honest with you. I would not sleep at night knowing that somebody challenged me to something and I didn't at least try. <laughs> so um, I, uh, the next day I flew back home, I ran. I flew in that afternoon and ran when I got off the, the plane and did my first picture. And if you follow me on Instagram, Eric Daniels two, um, you could see that full one through 365 on, on each day that I posted for, for those runs. Uh, day 16 is when it turned around for me first. I mean, I'll, I'll admit I was run walking because what I did is instead of couch to 5k program or anything of the sorts, I had a watch. It was called a Koros watch. I don't know where it is right now, but it was, it basically told me where my heart rate was. And it, as soon as it would hit that red, I went back down and then get back into the red and back down. Cause if you get into anaerobic, it really does nothing for you. So I stayed in that zone and I watched my zone increase And day 16 was the first day that I completed a run and it felt like somebody lifted a veil from my brain and it worked again. Like my brain started working again. And go back on Facebook. You can see it. I actually did a video. The minute that that happened, I actually I stopped. And again, I don't get emotional about everything, but that was one of those moments where I was like, I can't believe my brain wasn't working. What does it mean to finish this out? And that's what fueled me for the rest of the time period. So about day 90, day 100, 
I felt pretty good and I didn't have any injuries and I was doing really well. And I said, I'm just going to continue on. And I eked my way to 200. And then I realized I was going to make it a full year. And the temperature wasn't going to affect me. My body wasn't going to affect me. I lost 50 pounds and I felt incredible. And my business had never gotten better, has never been better during that time that I was doing that. So I contribute that to my mindset. Yeah. I've got a, I've got, I've got to know, you, you, you know, that's a, your, your description of this veil being lifted from your eyes um, suggested, suggests to me that um, a lot of us are walking around with this veil um, and lack of clarity and don't even know it. Um, tell me about how that felt when you, and then also tell me about how, just explain how it impacted your business. Cause you, you lit up, um, when you said it, it impacted your business. I'm just so interested in that. Veil came off and, um, I've never had more self-confidence. Um, I had, I'll tell you the one word that came to mind when that happened was innovation. I didn't have the capability, uh, of, of like sitting down and, and trudging through all the heaviness and clunkiness of our business because I was just going through the motions. I pay this much to Zillow. I do this many open houses. I make this many phone calls, do my CRM, and let's hope everything works out. What I did is I introspectively looked at each one of those. How was I handling those? What was my conversion rates? How am I talking to people? Now I've got confidence. Now I've got opportunity that I didn't have before. It's almost like you're balanced again. So um, I started looking at, you know, just different ways of minimizing spending, maximizing relationships. And I'll tell you, one of the first things that impacted my life severely beyond the Bible was this book right here. It's called The Go-Giver. And The Go-Giver is by Bob Berg. And it's, it's a tiny read. I got a chip clip in mine right now. I read it all the time. Um, it's little nuggets like this one that changed my life. Uh, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in payment than you make in payment. Those things didn't occur to me prior to that. I didn't know that diving into people without reciprocity, asking for something in return would have changed my life. And it did. It completely changed my life. So when people ask me about my business here, it's on a flatter. If you can utilize this, use it. And so eventually that filtered its way into my clients and they saw the, the sincerity of what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. People can feel it. They, they know uh, when you're talking uh, with commission breath uh, in sales. I mean, they know for sure uh, when you're, when you're really giving Um, people feel it. They, they know it, they sense it. They know if it's genuine or not. Um, and I can see why that would, uh, would really revolutionize the way you interact with people, um, and transition from staring at your shoes <laughs> and your, uh, slide rule <laughs> to, <laughs> to really connecting and learning the power of connection. So, um, you know, most top level performers um, are separated by how they respond in super stressful situations. And so if you were going to describe your stress point, um, what would it be? In other words, 
what triggers your defense mechanism? Um, can I answer that with a story? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right. I'm asking for forgiveness. Um, okay. So I'm going to be really honest with you guys. And, and it's hard for me to say this because it's a level of pride. Um, there was a point in after I had started this business and revamped my mom's business and we added my name to the team and we, you know, we were working together. There was a point where I realized that I was in real and in, in aerospace and my mom was in aerospace and we both had the same database connections. Our CRM was the same. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move on and create my own income with her sphere. It was impossible. So I had to recreate my, my, my database. And at that exact moment, I had burned through $150,000 in savings wow. to get to the point where I'm standing in the middle of this crossroad mm-hmm. and I'm, I've got $3,500 to my name and I'm staring at a potential fourth coach in this industry who always seems like everybody's trying to take your money. And if you're in that mindset, that's what it feels like. And then I came across, um, I sat in my, I sat in this very office, believe it or not. And I, I sat there and I, I cried mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do. And, and that was about the time that I met you actually. Um, I met you signed up for coaching. Um, a whole bunch of stuff happened all in the same moment. And I think that I was painted into a corner and I refused to accept failure. I mean, I had been successful in the world's eye for so long, but as soon as I realized that it's not completely about me and I don't know everything, like I was saying before, and what is it that I'm doing that's value added? Those are all things that started flowing. I call it my flow state. Mm. Those things started flowing. And I'll be honest, one of the biggest ideas that I had that changed my business, I want to share with some people right now. Um, Is that all right? Yeah. So something that happened to me was I had no ability to connect with my local community. That was my heart. I mean, I had started a church plant with the the Grove Church in Alito. Um, I had done so many things to try to reach out, but it never quite hit the sincere mark because I was a real estate agent. And I had a really hard time with that. It was a huge mountain for me to climb to get over that. I'm just a real estate agent. I mean, I think we even talked about it in the past, how that's how I'd introduce myself. I'm just a real estate agent. I didn't put value into it. So um, one of the ideas was, as I was sitting here, I refused. That was my trigger. I refused to accept no innovation. So I sat down and I created um, my local neighborhood vendor list. And I didn't create it based on the people I knew. I reached out to my community via Nextdoor app. And I said, hey, guys, who's some people that you would like to promote their business and you've had really good results with? And the first post I put on Nextdoor got 124 feedbacks. Mm-hmm. And so I tabulated those and put them into a spreadsheet, go figure. And I created this, this marketing campaign with my lender and I put it into a format that was laminated. I sat right here and laminated each and every one of them and door knocked my neighborhood and sent out 200 of those. And I did that for three years and went from, 71 people in my database to 2000 people. Incredible, incredible grit. Um, and probably doing 
some really hard things that weren't very easy, weren't very fun. Um, and, and so what is your, what is your philosophy and approach when it comes to doing something that you don't really want to do that actually needs to be done? You know? All right. So <laughs> I'm super hard to live with. I'm sure my wife would attest to that. Um, if, if you put something out there, here's the way I like to look at it. And it's going to be a weird metaphor, but I'm using it. I walked in. So I tried to find every facet of my life to try to get it. If I'm saying that I'm going to do it, I do it. And if I didn't do it, why did I not do that? Right. Or why did I not answer that text or whatever? I was doing so well in all of my life. And then I opened my closet door one day in my master bed and it was a mess. I mean, it was, I just had stuff everywhere. And I'm like, I'm so put together except for this. And this is the place where people don't know me. This is the place where people don't, will never see, but that's a mess. And that's unacceptable to me. So it, it literally stemmed. And by the way, my closet's phenomenal now, but, <laughs> but it, 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 it it boiled to the surface something that I didn't recognize in me is that I really want to do what I say. And that's whether people are looking or not. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's being, as I would describe, truly integrated um, inside and out. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a really beautiful description. Um, so this is a, this is kind of an odd question. Um, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and go ahead and ask you anyway. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you've been through such an incredible journey of transition and um, fresh learning and eating your fair share of humble pie and getting kicked in the gut over and over again. Uh, what have you changed your mind about this past couple of years? And what I mean by that is, what have you believed for a long time that come to find out you were wrong about? Mm. It's hard not to be introspective on that question. I, like you always want to look on the outside and go, well, I didn't know this didn't mean that, but it's, it's really about how I interpreted it. Having a growth mindset means a little bit more to me than it did two years ago. Gerald mm. uh, Dweck has a book called that growth mindset. Mm. And, uh, I will say that a lot of the way that I was acting and reacting to things, whether it be me getting upset with my little ones or um, not understanding a client's text and reacting in a way, those were all justified actions on my part two years ago. And today they churn my stomach. Um, I was so blatantly wrong and I thought I was right because of, the um, limited minds, uh, lim limited belief of where, where I was. So, and, and I know that's generic, but it's hard to get into it personally, especially under this format. But I will say that um, the level of introspective behavior and my reactions to things and being able to look at it from a mindset of positive growth instead of whether it be yelling or, or feeling negatively or, or acting a certain way or, you know, all of those things over time add up. And then you're, our brains are plastic. There's a plasticity to what we're learning each and what we're surrounding ourselves with every, every day. And I'm not perfect. I mean, I still screw up. But now that I'm aware 
And part of my awareness is having a personal coach in addition to my real estate coach. That awareness has really opened my world up to knowing how much more I've got to learn. Yeah. And so I guess you're answering the question by saying, if, if I'm if I'm understanding you right, you're saying basically that you thought for a long time that you were aware and come to find out that you were unaware. Um, and so tell me what, what were some of the aha moments in that awareness? Um, my conversion rate for business was better. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't lose as many clients. I didn't know why I was losing clients. Mm. Uh, my family likes me again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Friendship becomes a different level. Um, you spend more time with the people that you want to resonate with and those that you feel is part of that old Eric goes away. Um, I open myself up to bigger things, AKA hiking and using hammocks in the middle of hiking across North States and on the Appalachian Trail. I mean, these are all things I didn't think I could do, but as soon as I opened myself up to, I'm, pretty sure I can do whatever I set my mind to. Yeah. I look forward to failing, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I look forward to failing. Yeah. And, and, and so when the failure comes, what's the step, what's the next step? Because it, for a lot of people, you know, people, uh, like for me, when I, when I fail, um, there's a part of me that gets really excited too. Um, but then there's another part of me that feels like, man, maybe I don't have what it takes. Um, and it's, it, I guess fear comes up, you know, I get scared. Um, how do you overcome that? It's interesting. Um, when I was peaking uh, one of the, the highest mountains in North Carolina, I had this moment of dehydration, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> we were hoofing it right then, man. We were, I remember this. I, I know where you're going with this story. I remember this. Go ahead. So I get to the top of this hill and I basically have a panic attack. And, um, and that's a, it was a fear driven moment where I'm dehydrated. I'm exhausted. Uh, we climbed 6,500 feet in a matter of what, 24 hours. If that, if not more than that, I have no idea. But, um, and then I get literally, I mean like feet from the top and this debilitating sharp pain under my, my rib cage comes in and boom, everything started flooding my brain. Hmm. It happens the same way with business, by the way. I'm going to caveat that. Everything floods my brain. Endorphins are flying. Where do I go? I go to I'm dying. I'm on top of a hill and Craig's going to have to throw me off this mountain, get me down it. And I'll never see my family again. And I, I remember the moment that I looked at you and said, I'm not doing well. And you said, whoa, you're really going there. Like I had said something, I can't even tell you what I said, but I said something to kind of go, dude, just calm down for a second. You're fine. And those are the same things that happened to me today and how I'm getting over them is realizing that the severity of what I'm feeling in the moment is not at all the reality of what's going on. So for me, just knowing that um, there's an out there's something beyond what I'm feeling in that moment. I door knocked and I didn't get anybody. I reached out and, and spent five grand on Zillow and I got zero, you know, convert, converted clients. 
those are all learning opportunities for me now because I'm going to tell you, I got this from Tom Bilio. I'm totally stealing it, but he has a shirt that says it's all my fault. And it's not healthy for a lot of people and their situation. But for me, it's the most healthy thing I can possibly think of. Why am I angry in this moment? It's my fault. Let's figure this out. You know, that kind of moment. so, and every time I get out of it with, with positivity and I learn something and most of the time I do better in business. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, uh, you know, I remember, I remember seeing the fear in your eyes actually. Um, and I do remember what you said and you said basically that it felt like you were going to die. And, you know, you, you talked about your family and your kids and you were, you were kind of zoning out a little bit there. And I, I witnessed you kind of spin up into this spot. Uh, and then I watched you, um, then I watched you recover. Like I watched you physically calm yourself down. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's one piece um, that I learned from watching you recover because it was a, it was a legit panic attack. Um, and that is the distance between the time that we freak out and the time that we recover through maturity begins to shrink. Um, and, you know, that's one thing, you know, I've, I've watched you as you've reinvented yourself. Uh, and I've, I've seen it in my own self as well as just that, 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 you know, when my wife and I have a blow up and, and maybe we fight a little dirty, um, you know, our circle back, um, the time it takes for us to own our part where we're wearing that shirt that says it's my, all my fault, um, is really valuable because that time span uh, is a lot shorter, um, which, which is really healthy, uh, healthier. Um, I've tried the other way I checked. It really doesn't work. It doesn't work to ruminate. It doesn't work to continue to, to stew uh, and to, um, because it's actually a lot easier, more comfortable to point to the other person. Um, And yeah. And, or point to Zillow. It's Zillow's fault that I'm not converting these things. Um, right. So they're so tied in. Uh, so I want to shift gears to something a little lighter. Uh, and so I think, you know, I think we, most of us agree with the notion that if you win the morning, you win the day. And so I can't wait to hear, uh, first of all, what time do you get up in the morning? And trying to shoot for five every day. Okay. So you shoot for five. Tell me what happens. Give me a rundown of what happens the next four hours. Okay. So this is super fun. Um, oh, man. Okay. Uh, gather my thoughts. <laughs> you can physically see it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, none of this is scripted. Yeah. But is, it, is, is your first four hours of the day in a spreadsheet somewhere? Be honest. Okay. No. <laughs> for an hour. And no, I'm just Uh, so, uh, get up in the morning. First thing I do is what I've been doing. Okay. Prior to Corona, this is all prior to Corona because everything screwed up after that. But prior to Corona, I was going to come at five and I would put on this lighted vest thing that you see on the ads on Facebook all the time. I look like this running alien through the neighborhood because it's pitch black. It's awesome because I'm listening like really hard metal and running through the neighborhood at the same time. So <laughs> what are you listening to? Like, give me your, give me your top three hard metal bands, heavy metal bands. Deftones, 
um, Pixies, and oh, you're I'm really into music, people, and this really stings me. Probably anything Jack White. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's not really metal, but we won't go there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, lit up alien streaking, streaking through the neighborhood, right? It's pitch black by five 30. I'm wide open. Cause I've either ran a 5k or I've done a 5.2 some somewhere in that range. I get home. I go immediately to my back room where there is no light. And I sit down and calm after I drink probably two or three glasses of water and I sit in that for 20 to 25 minutes. And I'm gonna tell you, some people call it meditation. I'm just gathering my thoughts. What they're doing is, this, this might help people because I didn't believe in that stuff for a long time. It's actually helpful. When you sit in the quiet and you just, you think about the day before or whatever's weighing heavy on you for the day. And if there's a tinge of negativity that comes into that, explore it. Mm. Am I feeling that way? Wow didn't seem right. I wonder what it is that makes it not seem that way. You know, just little things. And I'll work through it in my head. Mm-hmm. And by 830, I've got solutions in place. And I'm talking to the client with empathy instead of I got a solution for you. Oh. And or I'm sorry, I kind of jumped at you last night. Um, I was not in a good place. And here's why. Instead of you didn't do it and you said you would. That never gets anywhere. So um, 25 minutes of that. And then I do 30 minutes of solid either audiobook or read. If I if I run with an audiobook, sometimes I'll read after the fact. And most of the time, it's things like I have this whole library in front of me you can't see. But this is The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. That's what I'm using right now. By the way, this is part of the Appalachian Trail I stole. And oh, yeah. But um, this, by the way, guys, game changer. Game changer. Um, and then after that, I'll uh, go through my entire day on my calendar. And if, if you're on my team, you know how important my electronic calendar is. If, it, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. So if you're at all uh, either paper or electric, I don't care anymore. You, if you still got a paper calendar, I think you're weird. But if you need that, go for it. So you're looking at your calendar by 7 a.m.? Yeah, 7 a.m. is by far the... Like nothing else is going on in the world. And if you're busy in real estate, if you'll notice every single day, it starts at nine to nine 15. It, mm. It's like clockwork. I will start getting phone calls at nine to nine 15 because everybody opens them. Mm. So I need to have my game ready. And what I do for my team is I go on to my, after I do the um, calendar input, I'll go on workplace, um, which is a Facebook app that joins the team together and uh, it's called Workplace, and it's amazing. And I'll go in and put the things for the day, what we need to get accomplished, and everybody knows their marching orders, and we go down the road. Hmm. So that's that. So you're you're basically um, you're basically preparing. It sounds like you're, you know, you're really running. By the time nine o'clock comes, you're you're running on all cylinders, and you're not you're not even surprised by what comes at you because you've kind of mentally prepared. Um, and so how long, how much time do you spend reading every morning or listening? Uh, at a minimum, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I try, to, I try to weigh it out. I've got a couple of things that I read. Um, I'm right now, I'm reading, oh, God, you guys are gonna think I'm weird. I've got seven books that I'm reading right now. <laughs> Most of the time I don't, I don't read everything in a row. Yeah. I'll go through each one and cycle through them right. and I'll get the audio book. Ah, 
So you'll have the physical book and the audio book. Oh, that's cool. I do that a lot of times when, when I listen when I listen to a book that I really love and I wish that I could highlight it. I usually buy it <laughs> because it frustrates. I like holding the physical book, but I also like the convenience of listening to one. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, okay, Eric, I'd like to wrap up um, our time together with one last kind of more fun question. Um, and that is, how are you um, improving yourself these days? Um, or or what are you currently working on that you're excited about? I am going to make this simple. One of the things that I've come to realize is that um, – it's neat to be driven and have goals and, and try to meet those goals, but you, you have to stop and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Um, I've been able to answer, answer my why by I need X amount in the bank or, you know, just the stuff that normally comes through my mind. Those things don't fuel me probably because they weren't true whys. I'm starting to realize that I'm, I need to find a just cause. Finding a just cause is the reason I get up in the morning the reason I work so hard to get to point B, the reason why I spend so much time with my family, what is my just cause? So right now I'm really forming that into a tight knit bubble of, of definition. Wow. Well, so uh, thank you. Golly. Thank you. So how can people, uh, how can people track you down on Instagram, for example? Uh, Eric Daniels, the number two. Um, and then you can go, uh, you can go to Facebook. I'm, I'm, I usually post together. So if I post here, it'll go there. Um, just cause it saves me a lot of time, but, um, I'm pretty active on social media, uh, but I'm not TikToking yet. I'm not <laughs> going to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Some of those, some, yeah, they, they can be a vortex. That's true, man. Well, I really appreciate you, Eric. I appreciate you taking the time to join, uh, join me today. Um, this has been enlightening and actually helpful, uh, and a blessing to me um, to get a better understanding of your inner workings and what makes you tick. Well, folks, that wraps up our show for this week. If you found this interview helpful and would like to get pearls of wisdom that I've gathered along the way, go to TrueGritPodcast.com and subscribe to the True Grit blog. You will get short, helpful emails written by yours truly. Included in these posts, you will also get the show notes with links to books, articles, and other cool things I run across. Thanks, as always, for listening to the True Grit Podcast, where we believe that personal growth and helping each other solve important problems is the best way to make the world a better place. And don't forget, building a company and a life of meaning takes true grit. True Grit.